0: A R
1: Main Menu Main Menu menu. Main Menu
0: Welcome to Main Menu for the week of March 28th through April 3, 2014. I'm your host, David Tanner, and we are pleased to have you with us here on Main Menu today. We hope you've had a good week this past week, and hopefully in your area it's starting to warm up and we're starting to get into some nice springtime wherever you may be this time of the year. Well, we have quite a show lined up for you today. We are going to have some coverage from the CSUN conference that just ended up. The end of last week, it was in San Diego, California, as usual, and started on the 17th of March and ended on the 21st of March. And we are going to be having some coverage of that here on today's show, and we'll also be covering it for several weeks to come here on Main Menu, so you'll want to remember that and be back to hear our coverage for the next several weeks of CSUN and the various vendors there and the new information and new technology they have to offer to us. We're going to start out, though, with an interview that I did with Mr. Greg Stilson from Humanware, and Greg is the Braille and GPS product manager for HumanWare and Greg and I are going to be talking about the latest release of the software firmware for the Note Apex and VoiceNote and there are some pretty interesting and pretty neat new features available to you and Greg's also going to tell us a bit about the beginnings of the 9.4 versions and ...then to talk specifically about the features in the 9.4.1 version that just came out this past week during CSUN. And I do apologize that part of the audio in that interview is not as good as I would have liked for it to have been, unfortunately... It got recorded at a slower sampling rate than I thought it was recording at, and so I've done everything I can to make the audio as good as we can, and hopefully it will be understandable, and you'll be able to get a lot of valuable information out of that interview. Then we start our CSUN coverage. Thanks to the fine folks, including Jay Medaw at blindbargains.com. Jay and his group have been kind enough to allow us to rebroadcast some interviews that they did at CSUN. And the first one is a interview from the folks at Envision America, and they're going to be talking about the talking Prescription reader that they offer, and telling us about a new company that is now offering the talking prescription service to their customers. And then we will be hearing a second interview by Blind Bargains from SeaSun, and that will be from the Embassy Company, and they are going to be demonstrating for Jay a new handheld small OCR product that they have just released and I think you are going to find that a pretty neat product and it sounds like it's going to be pretty easy to use and also that it does quite a nice job and is nice and small and portable that's what's up here on main menu for this week we hope you have a great week and we'll see you back here again next week on main menu
2: If you're interested in providing feedback about Main Menu, chatting with all of the members of the Main Menu staff, and be able to communicate with a large number of Main Menu's listeners, you might wish to subscribe to the Main Menu Friends mailing list. To subscribe to the Main Menu Friends mailing list, you can send an email to mm-friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's mm dash friends, dash subscribe at acbradio.org. You can also participate in conversation about Main Menu on Twitter by following at Main Menu or visiting our Twitter page at www.twitter.com mainmenu Main Menu.
0: I am very pleased to have with me today on Main Menu, uh, returning to Main Menu, mr greg stilton greg is the product manager for braille and gps products for humanware and welcome back greg thanks david this
3: is uh great to be back on
0: well it's good to have
3: you yeah it's uh I, I always enjoy my time on main menu i think i've done uh two or three interviews with you if i remember right at least a couple yeah so uh, today, I guess uh, the the high points that I, I want to talk about is well, we as you know, David, we launched Keysoft 9.41 last week. Um, but I wanted to take a, a quick step back to what we did last December um, when we when we, we launched Keysoft 9.4 for the Apex. Um, the the Apex uh, we we launched a few versions last year, um, and we we wanted to focus our attention on having the Apex do things that other devices can't do um, in today's Technological society, people are carrying around multiple devices. They use one device for one thing. They may use another device for for other things. You don't generally write, uh, you know, 12 page documents on your iPhone, maybe, but you will on your laptop or something like that. So, or on your Apex or whatever. So, um, one of our big things is try to focus the the Apex on doing things that other devices can't do and doing it better. So, um, last year, one of the big projects that we had um, was doing. Uh, innovation in the area of mathematics. Um, over time, students, and I'm sure you, yourself, and I know I have, uh, being blind blind, uh, you know, people who've gone through school, um, whenever I did math in in my education time, um, it was always on a Perkins Brailler, and my TVI then had to write the print on top of the Braille. By the time the math actually got turned into the teacher, it was usually you know, two days later, or whenever the, the TVI got around to actually transcribing it, and then by the time that I got my assignment back, my sighted peers had already gotten theirs back and knew what they did right or wrong in their assignment. So the, the turnaround time was never really that good. I don't know if you uh, if you saw that yourself or you see that yourself, Dave.
0: By the time I by the time I needed to to do that, I was in college. Yeah. And um so, in, in fact, in graduate school, and um,
3: yeah, I, I, it was
0: it was kind of interesting. Yeah. To put
3: it that way, <laughs> to,
0: put,
3: to put it simply, it was interesting, and I, I'm sure trying to find somebody to transcribe your your print on top of the braille in graduate school is no easy task. Yourself, and particularly in a statistics Oh, <laughs> and and part of that I think is. Really pushes blind people away from the mathematics field, in, in, in some respect, because it makes things really difficult. And so, what we what we really aspire to do is take the portion of writing math, and we wanted to make it as easy as it is to write any other document on the braille note. Uh, some you know part of. Um, we, we had many ideas. what i what I spent a lot of the time last year was uh, going to different schools and just watching the way that the blind students are are doing math in the classroom. and I, I was somewhat shocked to see that they're doing it the exact same way that I did it in high school or college or whatever, uh, you know however many years ago. no there's there have been very few progressive you know things. Uh, technological advances to to make things easier. Now some students who are more advanced, or, or I would call them the braver students, would come up and, and do, um, you know, use different computer programs, um, and there is a, a combination you could use um, what's called latex, which is a, a form of a language that can be converted to MathML, which can be converted to print, but what I heard from the teachers and students is that nobody has time for all these conversions, and and so exactly. to learn. exactly and that that's the other side is that to learn the process and actually put it you know put it through when these teachers have massive caseloads and the student only has so many hours in the day and so what we aspired to do is bring the Nemeth code uh, into the word processor and th- and that's what we did with keysoft 9.41 so just to give you a quick summary what we did is now if you're using an a- that's running Keysoft, I'm sorry, Keysoft 9.4 or higher, um, all you need to do is press backspace and N in your word processing document. And now whenever you write, say, a fraction sign or the a exponent or something like that, not only do you see it in perfect Braille, where you always would see it in Braille, um, but if you have the feature on, which we always recommend that you do with math, um, it'll tell you exactly the symbol that you're writing. So if I do the TH symbol, for example, which is the open fraction indicator, it'll say open fraction indicator. I'm using NEMA, so you'll hear it say open fraction, 1 over 2, closed fraction indicator, plus 3X equals 7. The, the benefit here is that you're hearing the speech as a student, you're reading the Braille, and then I can print it out and, or convert it to a Microsoft Word document and give a readable print copy to the sighted teacher. Now, what we have done is because math is a very spatial subject, um, we're, we're, unna- we're not able to provide perfect-looking math, meaning that, like, for instance, a fraction in print is one-half is, is one on top of the two um, in print. What we do is a series of abbreviations that make sense logically to the math teacher and it's linear math. So, for instance, in print you will see open fraction one over two, close track, to say that's the end of the fraction. Mm-hmm. Um, to make it easier for a, a math teacher who, we, we all know that some teachers are easier to work, some mainstream teachers are easier to work with than others as a, as a blind student, um, we provide in the general folder a document called Demeth abbreviations that the student can print out and attach to all of their assignments and it's basically a key that says, okay, here's some of the less clear abbreviations that teachers may be curious about. You can attach that to any document and uh, and, and have their key right there so they can flip back and say, oh, this is, a, you know, a fraction sign or whatever. Um, and then the last piece is something that uh, has really taken off in education, and it's something called the Nemez selector. And the Nemez selector is basically, if you press backspace and .35, Nemesis is a really confusing code because everything is contextual. So, for instance, that's 4-6 is in most cases the decimal point. Right. However, uh, you can also use it to do the Greek, Greek letter indicator. But you would never know what context you're in unless you're reading the the entire, you know, equation or whatever you're doing. So the Nemus selector serves two purposes. Um, you can go in there and it's broken down by category, and I can choose fractions, I can choose Greek symbols, I can choose calculus symbols, Whatever, but the, the first purpose is that nobody can remember all these symbols, especially when you spend as a student you spend only a you know maybe a few weeks in each unit to to memorize these symbols. So going into this selector, it's just a it's a guide for you to select whatever math symbol you want. You cycle through, say I want the mixed number indicator. You cycle through and press enter on it, and bam, it's right in your document. And you see how to write it. But the other piece is that, like I said, dot four six can mean multiple things in math. Well, by default, we have to give dot four six something we have to say that it's the decimal point in most cases but if you're trying to write say the greek letter indicator or alpha or beta or whatever you can actually go into the nemes selector and say no i don't want that four six to be the decimal point i want it to be the greek symbol or something like that and you can select whatever you want that way when it prints out you know that the correct symbols are being put in print does that make sense Mm mm-hmm so that was, that was Nemeth, and it's, uh, it's something that I really urge anybody in education to try. It's a new way of doing math for blind people, and the beauty of it is that you don't have to learn a new application or new commands. So there's virtually no learning curve for it.
0: Well, now, let, let me answer this. Okay, so I write the foreign middle maybe the, do the assignment, whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, in order for that to work, would you have to save it on the iPad? Uh, or do you save it on the Apex, and then you can save it somewhere else? How does how does that work as far as a, an electronic copy of it?
3: So the way that it works is that you're writing in the native keyword Braille format, which is in a Braille document. Mm -hmm. So that's not readable to a teacher at that point. You can can get it to a teacher in two ways. So I write my math document in my, you know, assignment or whatever, and then I can either plug in a printer directly to the Apex and hit print, and it prints right out in print and readable print, Mm -hmm. or I can take that document that I have on my Apex, you know, math, whatever, and convert it directly to a Microsoft Word document in the Apex, Okay. and send it as a, an email attachment, throw it on a thumb drive, you know, do, do whatever you need to do with that file. But as soon as it's converted to a, a Microsoft Word document, that's readable print. Okay.
0: Yep. So, then, so then the nice thing about it, then you could first save it as, as a Braille document mm-hmm. and then, then turn around and
3: save it as Word so you can have it both ways. E- exactly. And what students had been doing last year when I was, when I was kind of doing a tour of schools is some of the more advanced students were using computer Braille, in their in their assignments and trying to sort of hack together this make-believe code. And it was semi-functional because, you know, you can do plus, minus, slash, star, things like that Mm -hmm. in the asterisk, you know, things like that in computer Braille that look relatively normal in print. However, the student isn't using correct Nemeth Braille. So now you have these multiple languages that the student is trying to translate into, and it's no wonder why students are adverse to, or, you know, uh, adverse to math. (laughs) (laughs) Because... Right. It's like uh, learning multiple foreign languages. So right. we're going to try to make it as easy as possible. And I uh, it's, I just did a presentation last week at CSUN on uh, on Nemeth, and I was really happy to hear that probably three, three-fourths three of the audience was using the Nemeth in the classroom. So it's starting to take off, and I encourage anybody who's listening to this with an APEX or with a student with an APEX to just give it a shot because Nemeth is, is a bit of a daunting task, but the beauty of the way that we've done it and then, you know, with the inclusion of the Nemeth tutorial so that, so that that Your student can actually learn the Nemeth and then write it on the same device. We're trying to make it as simple as possible, and uh, so I, I, I encourage you to give it a shot. Sounds very neat. Excellent. Very
0: neat. The
3: the other piece of 9.4 last December was uh, the inclusion of PowerPoint, uh, a PowerPoint viewing method in the Apex. So. Myself as a blind presenter, one of the biggest frustrations I have is trying to do a presentation with an uh, an earbud in my ear or a headphone. Um, (laughs) Listening to a screen, I have no attention span, David, so being able to listen to a screen reader and do a presentation. I did a major presentation.
0: Uh, that was actually part of a job interview, did a presentation to the disabilities department and the IT department at a major university. Mm-hmm. And, and, to, and I, what I had to use was a 20-cell braille
3: display. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, and, and you know, it, it, I, I've done presentations with braille displays, I've done it with Bluetooth braille displays, and I love doing it with a Bluetooth braille display because you can be more dynamic. You're not tied to the computer. Right. However, David, I'm sure you can agree, Bluetooth is not a flawless technology. No. (laughs) And there's nothing more frightening than during your presentation when you're relying on these bullets to trigger, you know, certain things in your presentation, all of a sudden your Bluetooth on your laptop cuts out or your display goes blank and you're going, oh, boy. Well, back to the old earbud. Here we go. (laughs) So what we did in the Apex, and it's, it's really how I do all of my presentations now, um, is we, we, we have a PowerPoint viewing method now where you take, you take a Microsoft 2007 PowerPoint or later file and you simply press enter on it. And what we're actually doing is rendering the, the slide in the web browser. And what's nice about that is you can use all of your navigation commands from the web browser. So you can go heading by heading, link by link. You can jump straight to the next previous or index button. It, it allows you to use keyboard hotkeys to their full potential. And the best thing is, is that the way that I always do it now is I have a laptop with the visual portion of my presentation. Right. And then I have my apex with the braille portion of my presentation so that I can read it. And when I hit next on my apex, I tap the space bar on the computer and it keeps everything real simple. And I know that I'm reading the, the bullets that I need to be reading. And it, it's really putting the control back in the blind. You know, it's it, when you think about it, it's it's what you did with your 20 cell braille display minus the Bluetooth connection. <laughs> so right. you have the reliability. Right, right. So it's 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 really powerful, and it really makes the uh, presentation process a, a bit less daunting for a blind presenter. Um, I can't tell you a number of presentations that I've been to where somebody's got a headphone in their ear and they hit the space bar, and then they you have this pause in between the slides because they have to wait for the screen reader to render yep. what's on what's on the yep. screen. Been through that. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, so that was Heathsoft 9.4. That was launched in December. And like I said, if you, if you're not running it, I I definitely encourage you to give it a shot. Um, there were several bug fixes on the web and things like that as well. So that,
0: that PowerPoint, so you should
3: be able to even, even if it was a 2013 PowerPoint, you should be all right, you think? Yep, anything that's 2007 or later. The big piece is we need that X ex- after PPT. So we use the XML component to do a lot of rendering in uh, in the web browser.
0: So so uh, I'm assuming, too, probably, <clears throat> and I've started experimenting some with this, and I know a few other people have since just recently, uh, some of the iWork stuff has gotten a bit better. mm mm-hmm. um, I suppose if you had uh, a keynote, you could just change it to a PowerPoint and still use it. Probably.
3: Absolutely. Even if you're a Mac user, you could be leave it in Keynote on your your MacBook or whatever right. you're doing, but then just convert it to a PPTX file for your for your braille note and still present along with your with your MacBook there.
0: Okay.
3: So, Keysoft 9.41 was launched last week, and it was originally meant just to be a small uh, version—you know, just fix a couple things that people had reported. Hence, the the three-digit release (laughs) rather than the two-digit. However, we were able to do some pretty innovative things with this uh, with this version. The first one, um, as you mentioned in my title, is Braille and GPS product manager. GPS is something that you know is still. In its infancy, uh, we're, we're seeing a lot of sighted people now adopting it on smartphones and things like that, um, and blind people really, you know, using the same method. There's there's plenty of applications now out there for iPhones and, and Android devices that, that do function as GPS. One thing that a sighted person has the luxury to do on an iPhone or, or, or anything is go to, say, Google Earth. Or, or Google Maps. Punch mm-hmm. in an address when they're sitting in the comfort of their own home and say, "I'm going to go to this Hotel next week. Let's see what's around there." So I punch in the address. I can, you know, spread my fingers apart and zoom in on the screen and say, "Okay, well, there's those streets. Uh, there's those points of interest. Oh, that, that looks like a nice restaurant. Maybe I like to go there." A blind person doesn't really get that luxury. We don't have we, we don't have the visual component to virtually go to a place and understand what's around there right you know uh, and and that's what key maps key maps is a new application in keysoft 9.41 we partnered with sendero um who had you know they, they they've been named as the cadillac of gps and things like that and and cadillac is a very true statement they they have so many features in sendero gps and so much power however some of the, the simpler things, because it's so powerful, people may be you know, a, a little cautious to try it because they think the learning curve is so, so big. And that's really what we try to do with KeyMap is bring KeyMap to everyone so that there's no risk in you trying it. There's no risk in trying out GPS. And what keyMath is, is it's a virtual navigation tool, meaning that there's no GPS receiver. You're not going to take it outside with you and go walk around with it. But like I did last week, I knew that I was going to the Manchester Grand Hyatt in San Diego for the CSUN conference. And I said, man, what's, uh, what's around there? What restaurants do I want to go to? Uh, what's what's the, the layout of the streets that are around there? So that as a blind traveler, when I get there, you sort of have this picture in your mind. Does that make sense? Yep. And, and that's really what sighted people can do with maps and, and Google Maps and Google Earth. And so what you're able to do with eMap is punch in an address and then virtually walk around the neighborhood. So you, you, you literally are – there commands for walk straight, walk right, walk left, cross the street. Uh, it actually tells you what side of the street that you're on. It will tell you the address that you're closest to. It will tell you the points of interest that you're passing. And then further, it it almost functions as a phone book because I can can do a a point of interest search and say, okay, well, I want to go to this coffee shop or I want to go to this restaurant. And once you find it, you can get more information on it, get the address, get the phone number, um, you know it, it, it's really powerful um, to, to, to provide you a lot of information that you never had before and that's really why we you know we I, I hear Mike may at Sendero GP or Sendero all the time saying you know informed travel and that's really what key maps provide you mm-hmm. so uh, you, you with key map you you are given uh, one country's map and country uh, is North America US and Canada' is all one country um, and uh, you can download the individual state directly to your APEC. So in the past with Endero GPS, you had used a PC or something like that. There's a new function in KeyMap that allows you to, using a Wi-Fi connection or whatever with your APEC, just download the map to it. It does all the unzipping, all the processes for you. So it's very, very easy. And we wanted to make key maps as simple as possible so that everybody wants to try to use it. If you do want to take your Apex outside and go in a car or whatever else, you can upgrade to the full GPS capability with a GPS receiver. That used to cost almost $1,200, and uh, with the, the partnership that we have with Sendero, the full GPS will cost you $599. Okay. Uh, the, and then the other big piece is something that teachers have been requesting for the Let longest sh- time. Go ahead. Yeah. Let
0: me ask you one thing mm-hmm. now. I've, I've spent a little bit of time with the key maps, but I haven't had the, the time to spend as much time with it as I wanted to. Mm-hmm. But now, could you add POI to key maps if you wanted to? Like, let's say you got to where you were going, the place you had looked at virtually. Mm-hmm. You found that there was... Um, say, a new store, a new Mm -hmm. restaurant, whatever. Could you add that?
3: Yep, absolutely. You can add points of interest. You can uh, create favorites. So, for instance, if you know that your home is 123 Main Street and you don't want to keep typing it in, um, you can add a favorite, add something to be your favorite. So then, say, uh, for example, the easiest way to walk around your neighborhood is to always punch in your address and then start walking around it. But right. you can add your, your home address to your favorites list, and bam, it's always there. So you can just go to your favorites list, press enter, and now your your virtual location is now back at your home. Okay. Yep. And then the last, last piece is something that teachers have been asking for for a long time, and it's a method. That, you know, everywhere that I go in school, teachers are carrying around iPads now. Uh, right. I'm sure you see it too. Yep. And uh, the APEX has the ability to plug into a laptop to transmit its visual display. You can plug it into a computer monitor to, uh, to transmit its visual display. However, both of those require cables, and both of those require something to be plugged into the wall, either a monitor or a laptop or whatever. So what we've done with Keysoft 941 is use the method – to wirelessly transmit the visual display of the apex to an iPad or a tablet or a smartphone or anything, okay. and we 're using a, a protocol called VNC, and VNC traditionally is used to uh, one of the applications I 've seen is to have your iPad control your PC so that you don't have to get out of your nice comfy chair to control your computer. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, what we're using is just a visual component of that. Uh, okay. So using an Internet connection, and that could be wired or wireless, depending on what your school has or your home has, um, you connect the Apex and your iPad or tablet to the same network. Um, and once you've done that, you can use any office the shelf vnc application uh we we've got a couple recommended on our on our webpage. the the first one is called vnc viewer and it's a free application and the second one i recommend is called remotix r-e-m-o-t-i-x vnc and rdp um you'll see it show up on the app store there's a free version of that one um that allows you to use it for five minutes and then there's a paid version with 20 bucks and i'll tell you in a second why it's, it's worth the money if you're a teacher so what happens is on the Apex, when I go to my visual display option, I set it for the new new option, which is called wireless, and it now connects to the Internet and starts transmitting its visual display using this VMT connection, okay? For you, all you all you need to do with your Apex is go to the visual display, press W for wireless, and press Enter, and now it, it does everything. But what you'll see on your Apex is it says transmitting visual display over IP address, and then it gives you an IP address. And it stays on the Braille display so that you don't have to memorize it. And once you go into your VNC viewing application, like VNC Viewer on the iPad, you need to click Add, which is in the top right corner, and just type in that same IP address for your Apex. You can call it – and it asks for the name of the connections. You can name it Apex School, Apex Home, whatever. Once you do that and you match the IP address, your as visual display just shows up right on your iPad. And these teachers can use it in, in any class. They're not tethered to the ball. They're not tethered to anything. Um, so that's the free VNC viewer application. And the reason I, I do recommend if you're in school with a, or as a teacher is the, the paid version of Remotic is really nice because it sort of does – what uh, your smartphone does with Bluetooth? It scans the network for any devices using VNC, so you don't have to use the IP address that the Apex is transmitting. It just finds it. Does that make sense? Yep. So you'll you'll go into the RemoteX app. You'll I think there's a, a tab that says nearby. Mm-hmm. You'll click on that, and then it just shows. It'll say Apex six five one three blah 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 whatever the serial number is of your apex, and you just tap on
0: and now you can see the visual
3: display. Yeah, I, I just have to do this, because I was sitting here thinking
0: through the, the, the through your explanation. Mm-hmm. Okay, i got to throw one at him and, and see what, what the answer is to this. Mm-hmm. So on my iPhone 5S, I have um, a hotspot. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I got in a situation where I didn't have a wireless network, mm-hmm. Um, could I connect the Apex to the hotspot and actually end up using the iPhone for the display? Or, well, David,
3: I'm glad you asked. <laughs> well, I mean, it sounds like it should work. It, it, it does work, and this is actually what we were doing at CSUN because we we didn't have a good connection in the uh, exhibit hall. Is that you could connect your your iPad and your Apex to your hotspot and. Uh, Use the IP address at whatever your cellular network yeah. is. And I
0: know I've hooked the iPad it. to my iPhone. Mm-hmm.
3: A lot of people do it so that they yeah. don't have to buy the cellular version of the iPad. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So you can do that. The other thing that uh, some some teachers may want to do in Cool is if you're if you've got a ton of security on your network and it's tough for the iPad and the APEC to get connected or whatever else, go out and just buy a forty dollar router. It doesn't matter. It any any router from Best Buy or whatever else, because the thing is, is that you don't actually have to have a live internet connection. These routers provide you IP addresses. Mm. And it doesn't matter if it's connected to the Internet as long as it's on the same network. So, for instance, let's say I get a a Linksys router. I plug the Linksys router into the wall. I have no cables, no Internet cables going to it, but it's providing me what's called a a local wireless network. And that local wireless network, if I tried to use a PC or your iPad to go to Google, you couldn't do it because there's no Internet connection. However, your APEC and your iPad are still on the same network. Mm-hmm. and as long as they're still on the same network they can communicate with each other they can't communicate with the outside world but they can communicate with each other and that's all we need also okay. that was basically what i was trying to understand was, mm-hmm.
0: so you really don't need to be on the internet you just need a network connect
3: I- I- exactly and this oh, okay. this all may sound really technical but the reality is that once your apex and your ipad are connected to the same network they can transmit the visual display to each other and um I've done some some uh, YouTube videos on how to do this. You can check that out on our our Humanware YouTube channel. Um, I know that Main Menu also did a uh, they aired them on their uh, on on your show as well. Right. So there's um yeah, I encourage any teacher or, or or parent or whoever wants you to watch you know watch the visual display of the apex. Give this a shot. It's it's. Not only is it handy, but it's pretty darn cool, so yeah. Sounds yeah. pretty neat. hmm And then we've also done some real nice stability enhancements for the Apex. Um, we, we did get some reports of, of freezing in certain areas, and we're, uh, we're we're really happy to say that we, we think we've uh, we've got those kind of licks at that point. So give it a shot. Keysoft 9.41 can be downloaded from our website. If you're running anything later than Keysoft 9.2, so let's say you're at Keysoft 9.3 or 9.4, all you need to do is download the software version. Remember last year in, in January, we did away with the SMA system, so there are no more paid upgrades. Everything's free when you do doing a software upgrade because we want everybody to be running the most up-to-date software possible. And so easiest way, if you know how to upgrade your APEX and you don't need any instruction, there's a short link. Just go to humanwordcom KS94, and that'll give you the most recent version of Keysoft 9.4. There's one link on that page. It's real simple to download. If you're one of those who haven't upgraded in a while um, and you're running Keysoft 9.0, 9.1, whatever, you do need to get the Keysoft 9.2 product key because all the versions after that run using that product key. And you can do that by going to license.humanware.com. Log in using your serial number and your email address, and you'll click on the Keysoft 9.2 product key link there. Once you do that, there's links link both on that page to download the, the license key and to download the software version directly from that page. So we try to make it as easy as possible.
0: Okay. Now, well, um, <clears throat> I know when APEX first came out, it was Keysoft 8 would if a person still was on some version of eight, would they need to upgrade to nine
3: in order to go to the
0: nine point two? No,
3: nope, you can go straight from whatever version you're at to nine point okay. nine point four Okay. So you don't have to do a, a lot of the being from the tech support realm, that's where I started at human where we get a lot of those questions, do I have to upgrade to each and every version? No, you can you can just go straight to the most recent one. okay.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because uh, it seemed like when when you started doing the the free upgrades, was it was already at 9, and that was why I was just kind of curious. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Well, sir, it's been great, and uh, the, the new release sounds excellent. Uh, the PowerPoint, uh, I think uh, I and a lot of other people could get a whole lot of use now. <laughs> I know the virtual maps will be uh, really nice to use, and uh, for those those geniuses using Nemeth, which is not me. <laughs> uh, I can struggle through, but that's a struggle is the emphasis there.
3: I'll tell you, David. I when I when I was doing this project, I never realized. How much I would have to go back to my old high school and college math days just to remember how to write some of the expressions, and I'm. Well, definitely I work at a, work
0: at an agency and in a building where we have a braille department that puts out something like the last I heard was over a million braille documents. I think it was mm-hmm. last year, mm-hmm. and I just picked up phone and called
3: <laughs> the
0: manager of the braille department and said, "Can you get me a memo?" Uh, Braille book, uh, cheat sheet, whatever. Mm-hmm. And she. About two days later, she. I came in and it was laying on my desk, and I looked at it, and I said,
3: "Oh boy." That's a nice. That is a nice resource, but now, I, now you get the luxury of trying to read. It. <laughs> well, that was my. That's why
0: I said, "Oh boy."
3: Yeah, exactly,
0: <laughs> exactly. Well, for folks that needed, I, that's really it's really fantastic that now there is a much more simple and uh, logical way of getting it done and uh um
3: no, we're we're really happy. This is uh, I this out of any of the requests that I heard at conferences and things like that. This was the most pleading request from teachers. Yes. Is mm-hmm. I want my student to use their Apex because you've got this five thousand dollar device and that yes. device goes right in your backpack when you're in a math class. So yes. you know it's uh it, we're very excited to say that we're the only all-in-one Braille device that can do this, and it's yes. uh it it was a big accomplishment I think in the uh, electronic Braille realm. So
0: now this release and the, the Nemeth and all that is, is on all of the Brown notes now. Yep, uh, all the APEC. All the Apex Apex. Pack. Mm-hmm. Um Would that, would the, at least the PowerPoint and the maps, would those be? available on the voice note
3: or correct yep okay mm-hmm. and actually everything is is available on the voice note um it's just a matter of whether you'd use your voice note for for nemeth i i can't imagine using I, Nemeth with audio only but yeah
0: well <laughs> but that's, it's there that's if you want it,
3: to try it yeah that's what i was saying mm-hmm. yep so all of it is for the entire apex family
0: great well i want to thank you again for coming on and explaining all of this to us and uh, going through it and congratulations on a really great release and we'll be looking forward to seeing how ever that shakes out with everybody it sounds like to me and it looks like to me it's
3: looking pretty good well thank you for having me on it's always a pleasure to come on to to main menu and i uh, i appreciate the offer to get the chance to talk to you guys this is uh and hopefully we'll have some more cool stuff to talk to you uh, about in the near future sounds good all right thanks david
1: main 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 menu. Main Direct from San Diego, it's blindbargains.com coverage of CSUN 2014. The biggest names, provocative interviews, and wall-to-wall exhibit hall coverage. Brought to you by the American Foundation for the Blind. Every parent wonders, "Will I do a good job raising my child. If your child is visually impaired, you have that question, too, and many more. Family Connect is a website that gives parents of children who are visually impaired a place to connect with each other, share stories and concerns, and find resources on raising their children from birth to adulthood. You aren't in this alone. Get connected at www.familyconnect.org. Now, here's Chansey Fleet. Hi, I'm here with David Rastrick of Envision America to talk about Script Talk. So what is the big exciting news about Script Talk this year? So the
4: big thing is, uh, with regard to accessible prescriptions, is just more options as far as availability. Um, Every year we we kind of get a little more traction, um, more and more pharmacies adding to the mix of um, um, putting uh, accessible prescriptions at a level of importance. And CVS is one of those right now. So CVS has announced the nationwide service for mail order prescriptions, which is great. It, do- it doesn't put them in every single CVS in the nation, but uh, we're, we're definitely headed that way. Mail order uh, is important for a lot of people. Anybody using CVS and or Caremark, you know, they uh, can get their prescriptions via, via mail with a special electronic label so that's what ScriptTalk's all about is putting that little special electronic tag uh, on prescriptions which really stores all the medication information right there electronically on the bottle okay so uh, what then happens is you get a reader from Envision America from us and uh, we provide that you get that for free and when you're using the service, and you simply uh, turn the device on, press a button, and scan your medications, and you can literally get all those details, med- uh, those m- uh, medication details spoken. Um,
1: and having it available by mail order, I assume, just opens it up to people that might not have a CVS location near them that, that uh, carried this previously.
4: Exactly. Yeah. So, you know. This this kind of this stepping of uh, you know um, just a, a every every announcement that we make um, with regard to more people doing it it's um, these pharmacies are finally waking up to accessibility as being an important aspect of their of their services and um, kudos to CVS and, and also Walmart obviously has been doing it for a little while. Um, I'll do a quick little demo, Chancey. I I actually
1: have a question for you. Mm -hmm, Do you think that Walmart doing it motivated CBS to do it? You
4: bet. And then so the next pharmacy that's going to come on board is going to be motivated by both of them. And so that's just the way of the world. That's how progress happens. That's how we get from, um, that's how I guess the acorn moves to the mighty oak, right? All right, let's do
1: the demo. I'll do
4: a quick demo, and I'll turn this device on. So this is the Script Talk Reader, and this is what, patient has in the home. Slip
1: talk station ready.
4: Okay. So I've got a little demonstration bottle here that has...
1: Before you do that, if you don't mind, I want to take a quick look at the device and kind of verbally describe. Um, It reminds me of a smoke detector Mm -hmm. um, in its shape and its size. And it has uh, an array of raised tactile bumps that outline where the... Bottle, I believe, is about that, to that's,
4: go. That's where the kind of landing pad or place yeah. that you do the scanning part.
1: And from left to right, we've got three buttons. One is a down-pointing triangle. That uh, and in the middle is an oval with a dot, and then an up-pointing triangle. And mm-hmm. then in the front, am I right in thinking this is the volume?
4: On/off and volume, right?
1: Okay. Right. So. So the station uh, The
4: the the button in the center there that has the the braille dot you press that one so go ahead and press that one and then it's just a matter of taking the medication and sitting it on top
1: patient john smith medication amoxicillin two hundred fifty milligram tablets instructions take one tablet three times daily with meals so
4: from start to finish it's going to read that so go ahead and press March 3rd, and stop okay so now I can use those arrow buttons, you know, on the left and the right. To go through layers? To move through. the. It's like a ladder of information. Good. So I can get to the piece of information I want, take my meds, get get in and get out, right? Get out you know, so it's not going to take you a lot of time.
1: Absolutely. And use. if you've got a lot of medications, then suddenly that becomes infinitely more important because you've got a lot of information to go through. You need to go through to the port that you need.
4: Right. No doubt. And so, so also part of the label, which is really, really important, even though... Um, um, it's it's just a new feature that we have now. We have an IVR system, which pharmacies can now, um, when they do a Script Talk label, uh, what, what you'll get is also an 800 number that you can call and a code for that medication. And so what you get with Script Talk is the label information, but you know there's all that other information that pharmacies give you. Mm-hmm. They call the patient the information, right, patient yep. information package. And that packet of information has details on, you know, generically, what, what does that medication do for you, um, what are the counterindications? indications um, what to do if you miss a dose, how to store the medication, all those m- seemingly minor details, but very, very important details on how to manage your medication. The kind of stuff that you'll probably listen to one time,
1: mm-hmm. just
4: to get a, a flavor for what you're dealing with. Right.
1: Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Why is it necessary to put that information up on an 800 number? What is the limitation that prevents it from being on the It's
4: just a matter of the amount of data that's associated with each one. So, you know, each medication, you know, you'll have upwards of, you know, three, four, five pages of information.
1: So how much data can this device handle?
4: It's a 10K. The label itself is a 10K label. So no matter what... Um, some of the data that that extra data just does not fit on that on that label. So instead, we we've decided to put it on an IVR. It is kind of extra information, the kind of stuff that you'll only do once or twice. So uh, just hopping on the phone, punching and dialing in that little that code that it gives you. Um, it's just a, a nice feature, a nice nice. If you're if you're feeling a little bit uh, funny from a med, or if you wanna. Check something out that you thought the doctor said. You can grab that that information too. So,
1: do you think you'll always be using 10K labels?
4: Well, um, we're kind of uh, uh, moving as close as we can to uh, to more more data. Um, everything's going to the cloud, really is, and that's that's important, and that's where actually that all that data sits. And um, so. Yeah, I mean, it, we we're we're actually experimenting with 32k labels too, um, and so uh, we we're moving that direction of you know either cloud computing or just larger data storage capability.
1: Could you go ahead and give your URL and contact information?
4: Yeah. So yeah, um, it's envision America www America that's E N Vision America all one word dot com and, uh, and you can always contact us at 800-890-1180. If you're interested in, in starting with CVS or Walmart or any pharmacy, even if, if you have your own pharmacy that, doggone it, you just want to use, uh, just give us a call, again, that 800 number, and uh, ask to talk to somebody about getting set up with Script Talk. We'll take you and walk you through all the steps on doing that. And uh, once you get started with a pharmacy, then we send you out that free reader. So...
1: David, thank you. For more exclusive CSUN coverage, visit www.blindbargains.com or download the Blind Bargains app for your iOS or Android device. Blind Bargains CSUN coverage is presented by the AT Guys. www.atguys.com. This has been another Blind Bargains audio podcast. Visit blindbargains.com for the latest deals, news, and exclusive content. This podcast may not be retransmitted, sold, or reproduced without the express written permission of AT Guys. Copyright 2014. Main menu. Main menu. Direct from San Diego, it's blindbargains.com coverage of CSUN 2014. The biggest names, provocative interviews, and wall to wall exhibit hall coverage. Brought to you by the American Foundation for the Blind. Are you willing to share your skills and knowledge of the workplace as a person who is blind or visually impaired? Become an AFB Career Connect mentor and help job seekers find their path to success. Sign up today at www.careerconnect.org. Now, here's JJ Meadow.
2: We're here at CSUN 2014 with Lori Berkey. She is a customer service and marketing associate for ABIC, and I am standing in front of the latest uh, uh, OCR product from ABIC. Um, Lori, welcome to the podcast.
5: Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here.
2: So, this is a new iPal Ace Plus. Right. Yes. So that's go ahead right. and t- t- let's describe this a little bit, how what it looks like, and we get them um, while we'll, we we'll try it out.
5: Great. The iPal Ace Plus is a, a portable uh, scanner reader with some additional exciting functions. It's uh, three and a half pounds. Uh, it has a, a ten-inch built-in screen, and it is uh, about ten inches high by ten inches and about two and a half inches uh, thick uh, at the bottom. So
2: the screen is Press facing us. Volume down. Um, and there it is talking. The, the yeah. screen is facing us, and then so it's, it's very vertical. And on the top, there is uh, that's what four buttons, uh, arrow kind of keys with, yes, a, with there, the center there, key. there's a
5: set of uh, daisy buttons on the top that are uh, used to navigate through the text, and also uh, allows you to check the battery's uh, status and okay. the internet connectivity. With the, and then
2: we also the have another. Single button with a, a round button with a little dot in the middle in the middle here. Yes,
5: that's a home button and that always brings you back to the main menu so you can scroll through the different options.
2: Okay, and then on the right another um, rectangle. Well, that's trapezoid yeah, It's like
5: Ish. a kind of a half-moon. Half-moon button. <laughs> half-moon shape, and it has a tactile uh, camera mm-hmm. outline on it, and that is the scan button for scanning documents.
2: Okay. And, uh, and then vo- that volume and, right yes, there, exactly volume knob, the knob above the, that. Right. And then uh, one more button on the right side, or kind uh, of... Uh, uh, couple more over there. Yes,
5: on each side of the device on the front, uh, top side of the device it's kind of uh, like at the right shoulder, in the left shoulder, there's a thumb wheel, which makes it easy for people to scroll through with the thumb wheel through the menu options. On the top of each of those uh, thumb wheels, um, there's another button, and on the right side, the top button on top of the thumb wheel is used to select the different menu options that you scroll through. So, by scrolling through the menu options, uh, you'll hear the different choices, and when you Come to the one you want, you just press the right action button. So
2: let's do that. I'm assuming you want to scroll to to scan picture, right?
5: That would be great. Let's Uh, do that. Okay, so uh, we're going to start by pressing that big center button, uh, and that's going to bring us to the main menu. All right,
2: let's turn the volume up up a little bit here so we can hear it.
5: Okay. So uh, that brings us to the scan and read. Um, I'm going to press that action button because that's the menu option that I want, and it's going to.
0: Press the button to read the it's going to cue me uh-huh. to
5: uh, scan a page, which it just did. I have an eight and a half by eleven sheet that I'm placing. Which is sitting
2: in. right in front. Yep.
5: Yes, it, the, the uh, document is aligned landscape mode, and you can feel along the base of the device uh, lines up very nicely with an eight and a half by eleven. I see that. Uh, yeah, that's
2: different because most of these you you would line it up uh, normally uh, portrait, and so landscape I guess is a. Because of the design of this device, I see how you did it. And the camera's kind of right there on the top. Yes, it
5: actually has two built-in cameras. Um, And since there's two cameras uh, that take a picture of the document and stitch the the two sides together it eliminates the need for having a long uh, camera pole like some of the other devices it has to have the the camera be a distance uh, from the document so this makes it uh, be able to be a compact portable device with with the cameras so uh, we just heard a moment ago the device was asking us to please press the scan button so i'm going to go back to that half moon shape button on the top and press that the picture? Yes. So here, the camera size. Uh, I was actually I was just
3: solo LV features as a reader starts reading. It was one of your brochures. Yes.
2: Read uh, right uh, it within a couple just, seconds so there. And
5: yes. Yeah, so the the brochure that I placed in front of it has a couple of different columns. It also has some images on it. That the device was uh, ignoring the pictures. Uh, that there, there was a there's a picture of the device and it's it's broken up in has a, it has different size uh, font. It's a standard. I mean different. Uh, it's a standard type right. of font, but yep. different colors and different contrasts on the page, uh, and it, it, it reads it very well.
2: Sure. Now, of course, the IPAL series has been around for a while in various forms and permutations, but this one, the part of the plus, is some uh, support for some braille displays.
5: Yes. Um, since last year's season, um, the, the braille display compatibility has actually been something that we added um, to the existing ACE, which was here at the show last year, as well as the uh, I. which is uh, the same device without the screen. But the iPal, um, so the iPal Ace Plus, the Ace, and the Roll are all now compatible with a refreshable Braille display. But the additional functions besides the Braille display that the Plus offers is internet connectivity. So now people are able to send uh, voicemails with attachments and to also to be able to receive emails right on the device so people who are uh, don't like using computers this is a computer free way to be able to stay in touch with people and receive emails uh, right on the, on the device and that's
2: always been your specialty right the, the simple solutions especially for those who may be a little less tech savvy but still want to have you know an OCR product or in this case email or whatever other things you're doing
5: exactly it's a way that so many people are uh, being able to keep in touch with people lately and for folks who don't like uh, computers they can be uh, separated from that segment of folks who like the email so this is uh, a solution for people who who don't like the computers that want to be able to participate in in that kind of connections with people.
2: So which uh, Braille displays uh, do you support?
5: Uh, currently, we, uh, we have six different Braille displays that are supported, and it's possible that uh, more will be added in the future. But for the present time, it supports the Freedom Scientific Focus 14, the Alva BC 640, APH refreshable, Refresher Braille 18, yep. and the HIMS Braille Edge 40, the HumanWare PDI Brilliant 40, and the human wear brilliant BI40.
2: Okay. All right. So if you had one of those rail displays is that uh, do you plug it in with the USB or is it bluetooth as well as is-
5: uh, for the present time it's it is with the USB. There's a USB port on the left side of the okay. uh, device so that you can um, Plug it, plug it in that way, and uh, pretty instantly will convert the the printed text to sure. uh, to Braille.
2: Okay, great. And does it support both uh, grade one and uh, contracted? And
5: uh... it has uh, grade uh, two Braille is available through the settings menu. Uh, before plugging in the Braille display, you could just go into the settings menu, set, select grade two Braille, and, and then it will work.
2: Okay. And then as far as other options, uh, you said there's a USB port. Can, is there a way to save files after you've read them? Or it, uh.
5: Yes, you can save books and documents um, either on to the device itself or onto USB. Okay. If, you, if you save them on a USB, you have the option of uh, saving them as a text document, which you could then uh, edit on the computer, or you can save it as an MP3 and then listen to it on another device. Um, if sure. Desired.
2: Okay. I'll go ahead and talk about the uh, the pricing and availability for this and your other models as they compare to each other.
5: Okay, great. So um, there is also um, they there so with the same exact build and the the same uh, thumbwheel controls and right. the same weight and everything. There's three different devices. One is the iPal Roll, which is a read out loud and uh, has no screen and. Uh, Used for people who are uh, totally blind. Right. And that one is uh, 2,195. And like you
2: said, that still does have the braille support. So, yes, that so, so for a totally blind person, that would be the most ideal solution, probably.
5: Uh, well, we, the IPAL uh, the, is and the... Um, the iPal Ace Plus uh, do have some features. We um, have a number of people who are blind have said they enjoy sharing photos of their uh, oh, okay. of their sure. friends with other people. So some people, you know, like okay. to have the yeah, uh, the photo album and the photo album function. Actually, you can voice label the pictures on it, which is okay. a new feature um, that, that since last year as well. Some folks are wanting to be able to know which album they were showing and to be able to separate albums right. if they have a vacation or business photos and and to have them each labeled. So that's why. Another one of the improvements uh, that have been made since uh, the last season, and that photo album is available on the Ace and the Ace Plus. Sure. Uh, So the difference between the Ace Plus and the uh, and the uh, Ace is uh, both the Ace and the Ace Plus have the photo album, and they both have a uh, the screen on it, and uh, they both have a a zoom feature also. uh, Okay. Spot Back to your question on the pricing, though yeah. the um, the Ace uh, IPAL Ace is 2,445, and the IPAL Ace Plus, which has Wi-Fi, which uh, enables the email uh, download and also right. the, the ability to download books from Bookshare. Um, oh, well, is. that's true.
2: I guess I also would work for totally blind as well. So absolutely, I yes.
5: So folks uh, may be interested in right. that. Uh, and that price
2: is uh, $2,995. Okay. Um, do these come with any sort of a uh, carrying case or anything like that for traveling?
5: Or? Uh, there is an optional uh, padded carrying case that can uh, be purchased. Okay. And uh, those have a, a, a compartment on each side for the power supply and power cord and a, and a, a shoulder strap.
2: You mentioned uh, uh, that there might be updates, say, for braille displays or other things. So is there, like, free software updates that come down every so often or how does... How would you update a unit, especially if you didn't have the internet? Uh,
5: there, there is a. Um, if you don't have, uh, we can uh, use a USB. Okay.
2: Uh, on a thumb drive. Flash
5: drive, yes. That's able. There's a one of the settings on it is to upgrade the software, so the software can be uh, plugged in and, and okay. upgraded on the
2: device. And those are free upgrades if that when they come out.
5: Uh, it it depends if it's um if it's a. What what the features are? It's a little undetermined uh, sure. what, what the future holds. Um, yeah, but, uh, we've had some that are okay. free, and uh, and then it, it will yeah. see how, how things things. Fair we'll enough. Have,
2: if people want to get more information or uh, Main- Main- learn Main- yeah. more about these, Main- uh, how can Main- they mean? do that?
5: .com. They can call our uh, 800 number, and uh, that is a toll-free in the in the U.S. is eight five five three five four four zero eight zero or anybody who would like to send an email can send it to support s-u-p-p-o-r-t at a-b-i-s-e-e dot com
2: great hey thank you so much laurie
5: thank you it's been uh, my pleasure
2: blind
1: bargains is your home for the latest assistive technology news and reviews visit us at blindbargains.com or follow blind bargains on twitter for the inside scoop this has been another Blind Bargains audio podcast. Visit blindbargains.com for the latest deals, news, and exclusive content. This podcast may not be retransmitted, sold, or reproduced without the express written permission of AT Guys. Copyright 2014.
0: Well, we do want to thank you for being with us this week here on Main Menu, and hope you'll join us back here again next week on Main Menu. You have a great week, and we'll see you soon here on Main Menu.